This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And I'm uber excited, because guess what? Today's all about the dollars, the moolah. (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing a funky bum dance. (laughs) We've spoken about how you can um, take what you know and put it into a book. And it inspired us for this next podcast because when we all, when we all three of us look at each other, we kind of, you know, we're all really, really flat out. So getting together to do the podcast (laughs) is actually getting more and more challenging every week. But when we actually look at why, it's because this podcast process and what we do in our businesses is really creating enormous leverage and huge momentum for us, I guess, with our message. And we figure, chances are, you, our listeners, have your own message, you have your own ideas, you have your own thoughts about how you want the world to be a better place. So we thought today we would talk to you guys about how you can make the funky moolah out of your message. What do what do we do? And we thought that maybe we'd be able to give you guys a, a few pointers and where you can start and... You know, if you're experienced, what works, what doesn't work, and how you can turn your message into millions. Mm. No, I, I think it's a good idea because there's a lot of mums at home. Yeah. And that's where I started. I was a mum at home and I had a six-year university degree and I just went, what can I do with my brain but not have to go out to work? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's what it's it was. It's the flexibility, isn't it? It, is, it was the flexibility and, and what is it I can do? And so, yeah, I, mine was I, I just I made $40 a, a week writing for the local paper. <laughs> But how cute. It was your money. It was my it money. It was what you did. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's really a beautiful thing for, for mums to actually get that feeling back when they feel like all they're doing is being a milk truck. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. true. Yeah, it is a bit like that, Karen, just in case. Yeah, t- I was six years milk truck, definitely. Non-stop, it felt like. Hmm. Oh, how uncivilized. <laughs> <laughs> I love their face. I know, I know. <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> oh, I can't even begin to imagine. Actually... Uh, totally off topic, but last night when the alarm went off so that I could come and catch up with you guys, I was dreaming that I was pregnant and I was on a swing. Oh. I was in a deep, deep sleep. Hey, but I had no idea there was a milk truck involved. <laughs> I mean, the moment in my dream was quite sweet, but... Honey, you got them hanging off you every moment. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were going to talk about money. Yeah, we're talking about money. Now we're talking about milk trucks. Goodness. <laughs> But no, I think it's I think it's cool because as you say, there are people and mums out there who don't know that they can be more or have this amazing idea or these amazing beliefs or experiences about and, and you know actually a lot of people who come through my programs are mums who want to do stuff for kids mm. or they want to create something for their children or for the school the schools and the education systems because they see flaws and they know that they know better. I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Mm. Milk trucks aside. And they could be also people who are in a job they don't like. And oh, they, true that. And they want to get out of the job that they're in. Like true that. Somebody I was speaking to recently, she was in advertising and she hated it. Ah. Um, but And it was so interesting because she wanted to write a book. She was a blogger and she wanted to write a book. And, um, and what was interesting is that I went, well, if you're in advertising and marketing, that's going yeah. to be your core business yeah. Yeah. when you write that book. And I think, you know, people don't realise that, that it's all very well and good to have a message and to want to say it and and speak it. And you teach that, Karen, so beautifully and, and people can learn to write. But it's then you have to market yourself mm. because you can be the best at what you do. But if you sit in your lounge room waiting, mm. nothing's going to happen. And so I think it, I think what this should be about is that all the ways that we have, you know, because mm. I'm not an expert in marketing. All I know is that I wanted to sell something and I need to figure out how, where is my target market 
Um, who are they? Um, where do I go to find them? But I knew none of this stuff. Like, mm. I feel like when I started, I knew nothing. You're so naive when you start out. <laughs> you are. You? And you're open uh. to everything and anything and you try things. And I think sometimes trial and error is not a bad thing. Yeah, oh, it's experience. Um, it's the best thing. And I think yeah. watching... But one of the things I've learned is watching people you admire and seeing what they do. Mm. There is absolutely nothing wrong or nothing better than to actually look at someone that you really look up to and and see what they're doing and how they're doing it. Cindy, how then did you actually learn what it is that you needed to do? Like, do you reckon you learned it overnight or was it a process or were there certain people involved or how did you get really strategic? Oh, I think it was a process. And so when um, I self-published my book, um, I knew that if I got on television... Uh, I knew because that was the biggest medium um, of people watching and my target market was watching and all I could get on was radio and newspapers and magazines and I was just doing it in the southeast Queensland area I wasn't trying to expand out I was just trying to do as much so I started with looking at my local papers and saying, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I used to be a columnist for the Sunshine Coast Daily and, you know, so I would do all of that. I would ring them up. I would um, write the letters, do everything. But I knew that the minute that I got on television that it was going to be a big, a big thing. So I continued to asking um, Brisbane Extra, which was the local um, magazine show that showed, I think, about 5 or 5.30 at night. And I knew if I got on that, that it would be a great start. And it took me about 18 months mm. of keeping bugging them. <laughs> I just yeah. kept bugging them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do, you just keep annoying them until one day you get somebody different that's interested in your story. Yeah, yeah. Because often there'll be one person who is the editor or the, the, the finder of the story or whatever who's not even interested in your story. But one day they won't be at the desk anymore. Somebody else will be that will be interested. Mm. So just because you get knocked back once doesn't mean that that station won't take you or that program won't take you. you just got to wait for them to get off and you get somebody well, and, else and in. for every no, you know you're getting closer to a yes. yes. You have to expect no's yeah. in doing what we all do. There is always going to be no's. Yeah. And I just figured that there's enough out there for everybody. It's not a case of you taking someone else's pie or someone else's, you know, if people have a real competitive mindset around this, I think they end up coming in with the wrong attitude I believe making the pie bigger so I mean Fleur and I were amazing back in New Zealand we we desperately wanted a television show we knew if we got on TV because if you're a celebrity you're already yeah, way, ahead of, you're the way game. ahead of the game so we kept trying and trying and trying we hassled TVNZ for months over a year over a year then number one television station finally the marketing director called us in to say we had a TV show and we'd got it and it was going to be called Like Chocolate for Women, and and we were given a twenty no a twelve week show. It was a two hundred thousand dollars sponsorship. Like wow, massive. yeah. Except the time slot was at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. But they figured if we could work that, that was the only time. Like you're better off to take that than nothing. Absolutely. So we got it, and we sat there in the office beside ourselves, <laughs> and then we went, "Who's the sponsor?" And they went, "L'Oreal," <laughs> and we went, "You know." That's not going to work for us. And she sat there and she goes, you are kidding me. And we went and she told us to go away and think about it. And we sat there, honestly, for 24 hours. And we said no. Because we knew that what we wanted to say would be totally against what we would be allowed to say. That's the only bummer about national television is, you know, if you get interviewed. It's okay if you've got a personal story, you're interviewed on a show. But if it's an actual show... Even then, they can edit you out and they can change what you've said. So, And I, I think you brought up a really good point, Kim, because are you going to sell your soul to get your book out there or your information or your product or whatever it is that you've got? Are you going to sell your soul? And I see a lot of people doing that. Mm. And, you know, they start idealistically, but they're not making money. And so they get a sponsor like L'Oreal, but their product is 28. Mm. And... And they sell their soul because they got you know they got to live, and um, I, I think it, I, it can be really hard. Mm. And I see sportsmen doing it without really knowing what they're doing. You know, mm. they're trying to market themselves because they know once their sports career is over, they're done, and they've got to have major sponsors such as breakfast cereals or 
Um, or they're actually tied into it doesn't matter what they believe in. Yeah. Unfortunately, because those sponsors are involved in the major corporation, the corporation dictates when you're employed under contract to do what you have to do with them, and they don't often get a choice, yeah. which is really tough, I would imagine. Well, I remember a very famous, and I don't think I'll say a name, but I remember a very famous swimmer um, who, was part, who, who was being sponsored by Uncle Toby's, and Uncle Toby's had her for a long time, and she used to advertise their breakfast cereals and whatever Uncle Toby's muesli did. Bars. Yeah, muesli bars, things like that. And then um, one day she was on a television show, and she was talking about margarine, and she said, oh, I would never touch margarine. I only eat butter. And that within half an hour of her coming off that, Uncle Toby's rings up and said, you can't say that because under the umbrella of Uncle Toby's is, um, I think it was Meadow Lee, I can't remember, one of the margarines. So, you you know, you, you can't say that. So that was fine, you know. Then the next time she went on, she was talking about chicken and she talked about organic chicken. And um, I would only eat organic chicken, you know, stuff like that. And Uncle Toby's rings her half an hour later and says, Ingham chicken is under our umbrella too. You can't say that. So... She could hardly wait in the end to to be released mm. because she wasn't able to say what she wanted to say. Mm. And she, but it was lucrative. It was mm. very lucrative um, to be in in that sponsorship. So, I think you know you when you you when you first start out and you start marketing yourself, um, don't don't prostitute yourself. Mm. I think that's a, such a good point. Mm. It's such an important point because. As much as, as much as it, sometimes it can create opportunity, it creates such incongruence inside of you, but then also the marketplace actually knows. Yeah. The marketplace knows. So the very thing that you're setting out to create lands up biting you on the bum. I'm really fortunate I've never been in that situation, but I've seen people who have. Mm. And it's, it's sad because their intentions are the most honourable, but they just get caught up with an incongruent... Um, direction or an incongruent contract or an incongruent sponsor it's tough though isn't it when you're out there slogging your guts out you're working your butt off and then finally you get a contract or a sponsorship or something that's Mm. going to relieve you of huge financial burden and i reckon some people must just sit there some days and think stuff it Uh, you know like it must be so exhausting Mm. that you get to that point where Mm. you know you well let's let's one, I mean, in terms of what we want to talk to our audience about this morning, it, they're probably, most of our people will probably be getting started, mm. like just starting to get their message out there, hey, like starting to get some kind of profile. Yeah. So what, will, so, so what are the kind of places that, you know, because our listeners are all like us, so we just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the sorts of places that, that they can go to or what other sorts of things that they can do where can they look to start to grow their message or get known for their message that are congruent with them I I think sometimes if you love a magazine or you love an online Mm. site or something like that then one of the greatest things you can do is start sending in articles or saying this is what I this is what I do Um, I've written this article would you like to use it I'd be really happy to contribute Um, this is what my beliefs are I'm so in line with what your values are Um, it would be my greatest wish Um, I'm blogging these already or I'm doing this already but what can I do and I think sometimes you'd be amazed at how many people want content especially in the e-world you know e-marketing world because content has constantly been updated and evolved and I know if someone said to me Kim I'd love to write you a couple of blogs on natural skincare I'd be going happy days mm. because I'm constantly coming up with content and I'm constantly or mums at home what to do with young babies if if people started sending me and I've had this happen before where someone sent me an article on um home care products that are chemical free and I went back to and I said can I use that in a blog I'll reference you and all of that but I know my readers would love to hear this and now she contributes oh that's awesome so 
I think if you believe in a site, I mean, I don't know if Cindy would be able to do the same thing, but I certainly know that from a your healthy living club and things like that, some of your club members mm. write the most amazing posts, let alone even a blog. Mm. But they write a post in the healthy living club that I go, wow, that was phenomenal. And I'll take a paragraph of it. And I'll actually quote their name if I requote it in a in one of my if I believe mm. in something of value. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a really good starting point. Is if you believe in something, start asking those around you that you could get involved with. Or I guess for you too, Karen, people want to be on the support team. I know wherever we all speak, people often will ask if they can be on the support team. That's a great way to involve yourself around people that you look up to and admire. Yeah, absolutely. And that you may learn some stuff from. Yeah. Um, one of the um, things that we, we were just talking about with regards to um, keeping your message clear and not going to places that your message won't be clear. So when back in the days when I was doing my own marketing and everything was done myself, I, I had a, a lot of control. These days, um, I actually have a marketing company that works for me. Are they good? They're very good. Very, very good. Because I notice the more my name's out there, the better it is. And it's, you know, we write um, for like UltraFit. I write for UltraFit because of them. I, I'm in a lot of online magazines. I'm in, you know, 9MSN, um, or MSN, whatever it's called. They always ask me for, um, for comment, things like that. And... I've been asked a couple of times to uh, write a comment for a blog site that I disagree with entirely. And I keep saying to the girl, saying, I don't want to do, I will have nothing to do with that that site. And she would say, it's got such a huge audience, Cindy. It's, you know, you could give them another perspective of what... Um, you're doing like the girls are mouthing which site it is <laughs> <laughs> just say it say it it's you know it's mamma mia mm. i disagree with i i find them a vicious group of people mm. not all of them not all of them. them not all of them but if you make a comment against their values they become very vicious i've seen it happen mm, over and over and over again awful and I just feel um, good on her for creating such a, an amazing um, following. But I don't want to be involved in where you can't say your side of a story without being absolutely verbally abused, attacked um, and everything. Yeah. And someone that we have interviewed recently had that exact thing happen to her. Um, and in the end, I think they pulled her, um, her article um, and they pulled it because it wasn't in alignment with their value system. And, okay, I get that. But that I think we, we really have to be careful uh, now and, and in this day and age because everything is online and everything is there to stay. Mm. And I know I did an interview one time that I should not have done. Mm. And um, whenever I see it come up, I cringe, absolutely cringe, because I wasn't prepared for the interview. I didn't have the facts. I didn't have the information, and I'm. Um, it's it's the only thing in the media that I've thought. I wish I didn't do. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd never said that. I wish I had nothing to do with that comment. Um, and it was, you know, it was, honey, yeah. count yourself lucky. Look how many sports people, politicians, and people like that. <gasps> I, wish know. They could raise I know. Many, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. many, many comments yeah, and true. actions. I know. I feel for them mm. I, because when you do something that, you know, is like I was listening yesterday to this very awkward interview. Um, and this guy was being interviewed about um, taking money in a campaign. And you could tell he couldn't he couldn't lie, but he just didn't know what to say. Oh. And I just think we have to be really careful. I think that's a really important point because once you do an interview with a magazine or a radio station or any of the media, they then own it. Mm. So you can't you can't say um, I don't want that included or I do want that included because once they've done that interview, they own that they own that material. I did an interview with a magazine um, and. I was really disappointed with the way that they'd written the article that they did on my story because I was very concerned for Greg's family and for Jody's family with the way that they'd written it. It was incredibly emotive. And, of course, they were doing that to try and sell copies of their own magazine. But when it comes at the cost of somebody's peace of mind, Mm -hmm. I, I felt that that was, for me, that was highly incongruent. And I actually sought legal advice through media lawyers to see if I couldn't have them silenced on the article. 
and I had no, I had nowhere to go. I could, I had no leg to stand on. So I think that that's really important. And mm. it, it, like you say, it's out there because now everything's online, mm. and it's it's eternal. Mm. So I think that's a really, really important point for our listeners that when you do start getting noticed or start building a profile for yourself or start finding yourself on newspa- in newspapers or with articles or, you know, all of that, one, make sure that you're well prepared. Two, make sure that you're, you're um, giving your information to organisations and platforms that are congruent with you. And three, be prepared for feedback mm. and backlash mm. and backlash, mm. yeah. And if, if particularly if what you're talking about is controversial, like you, mm. Cindy, mm. be prepared for that. Not disappointed by it. Be prepared for that and see it as engagement. And then, when I say be prepared, be prepared that it's going to happen, but be prepared to respond because mm. you also can't leave that stuff out there, mm. especially with social media. If I post something about depression and somebody comes back and slams me about that, I must be prepared with my response. But I must respond. Mm. You know, you can't leave that lying out there because, one, it's unresolved for the person who's responded, but also everything's out there forever. Mm. And if you're looking to position yourself as somebody who has something to share in that environment, then you need to be engaged in the conversation. Mm. Other than being abusive of course, or completely of out of line. I'm not talking about What's, what's both stuff. your thoughts then for our listeners looking at getting their message out there? What would you say? Do you both agree with a PR company? Like, what do you? Th- what's your thoughts around a PR well, company? Well, when you first start, you can't afford a PR company. Yeah, they're no. expensive. You, they're, you know, they're they're very expensive, and so you have to do it yourself. Uh, I think what you can do is that you can go online and do online courses to teach you these things. Like, where do I get my database for all the media in Australia? So I never had ever heard of that there was such a thing out there. And there is actually a database out there with, and it comes up every six months, I think it's... Um, For renewal, it, it gets updated. It gets it? updated every What's six months. Um, Margaret G was the yeah. one I used. I don't know if she's still around, but there's a couple of them around now and they're online. It used to be a book. Yes. <laughs> it used yeah, to be yeah, this I've thick got, book. I've, I've got, got a the copy. Book. you got the Margaret <laughs> G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I still got mine from the ni- 1990s. You know, nobody's still in there. I was going to say, chances are they've resigned. <laughs> they've changed because what's happening is not only is the presenter changing, but the, the uh, producer's changing. Um, the head of station's changing. The station has changed. The, but the contact details would still be there, wouldn't they? Yeah, but the, no, but they're different people because, mm. especially emails now. Yeah. But I found that though, and and that's okay too, because you've, at least you've got a contact. If you email and they go, you're in the wrong department. This is where you need to go. Mm. Then that's not all. Even ring. Yeah, ring yeah, okay. to ask who the person is in charge of this station. And you could probably go to a library and get uh, mm. a Margaret G. Mm. Um, but the, there is, there's, there's a whole database out there of it. It is no good you being somebody in the business world. And trying to spruik your stuff to the health world. Um, yes, they want it occasionally, but you, I think you need to when you st- first start, because it's so huge, mm. it's so expansive, the media, is that you should look at your niche. And what's really good about online now is that they can actually give you the niche of the people who are interested in your topic. Well, so you only spruik, you only go to them, you only give um, press releases to them, you only you know go across to what they I do. think part of... Why, when I wrote our original book, when Fleur and I were doing it, part of the names of our chapters were based on how we'd get hooks for media. Yes. So Good idea. Yes. Yeah, so we had, like, The Working Woman mm-hmm. is one of our chapters. Mothers and Children was another chapter, the, the Art of Pregnancy. So we knew that any magazine, and then one of them, I did a whole thing on running, so I knew that a running magazine would hook into mm-hmm. that, So and the physical exercise. So we actually had hooks, our whole book, had a hook in the whole genre of what a female does in a day. So I think that's another thing to think about when you're writing your stuff is what is that hook. And I did a course over in America last year that gave me 50 leading headlines on how to write a headline. And you just change the words to suit you, you know, for what it is. And those sorts of things are so powerful and helpful. They're gems. So brilliant. So you Mm. could spend money doing a course, and if you learn one thing out of it like that, I reckon it's worth every penny. Mm. It's about um, becoming educated. Like, I I just remember um, it was trial and error, but I had watched what other people were doing, and I went, well, they did that. I can, you know, I can do that. 
So I, I think it's about trial and error. I think controversy is really good too, mm-hmm. as long as you're prepared for it. Um, so what, I just want to talk to you about something that I wanted to do um, on Mother's Day. But I actually, um, I actually decided against writing it. So you have to be prepared for the backlash, and I wasn't sure what the backlash would be. And and I'm, I'm going to say it on here because I'm interested to hear what you girls think. Okay, go. This is exciting. So Mother's Day, I <laughs> really believe, in. Re- yeah, really in because I I had such a um a, a, what's the word just Thanks. emotion around this. I'm pissed off. Oh, here we go. Really pissed off that Mother's Day has been hijacked by breast cancer. Really pissed off. And I didn't want to put it on my Facebook page because I probably would have got pumped. Yeah. You know, the last time I said, why would you take your breasts off if you've got BRAC gene? Wouldn't you change your lifestyle before you took your breasts off? Last time I said that, it was just, I went, oh, my gosh, I thought that was a normal thing to think. Yeah. So I think it's normal to think, why has breast cancer hijacked Mother's Day? Has it? Yes. On everything. On everything. Mm. It's, you know, you have to get up and go for this walk, make money for breast cancer. Like, I I know there are, um, I I know that I think differently, but I'm furious Mm. and I just think it's wrong. I think it's really wrong that Mother's Day has been hijacked by breast cancer. Well, because there's a whole school of thought. Do you think? Well, I'm I'm with you. (laughs) I just wondered. But I was... Oh, you are with me. Yeah. Well, because of your views around... I've learnt this through you, around what the breast cancer thing is all about and the money. I just don't support anything like that, Mm. just because Cindy said. Um, (laughs) But but, but more importantly, I don't agree with... Because of now what I've learnt, I don't agree with a lot of the things that they do. I would rather support a local charity. But what upset upset me when I watched it yesterday... So you could, it's leading all up into the Mother's Day. You go for this run and you could raise money and all of that. I, part of me See, was, I was working. I was you you delivering yeah, a You were delivering a speech. Yeah. yeah, I was delivering a seminar. So I missed all of that. Yeah. Well, it's not even that it was even news. It's just that it was on television and it was around. And I was at a dance at Stedford all day, but I knew that there was this, this thing on for Mother's Day. But I just thought... And even the lead up to Mother's Day... Everything was around. Everything pink, was about pink, pink and, and wearing pink and doing this walk and, um, and they had breast cancer survivors on and and but but i think what was what got my goat up was even more was that you know one day a year is for mother's day there's enough flack out there as it is around the whole consumerism and yeah and exactly and all of that anyway yeah and i just what i love about a mother's day or a father's day or anything like that is it's i mean i got two of the most beautiful cards from my children there was no presents we didn't do presents it's not about that but the two cards that they wrote and taylor made me this amazing montage of photos and everything i just sat there and went that's what this is all about mm. it's actually not about consumerism well, well that now this no, breast cancer the... thing see that to me is a form of consumerism yes. using the Mother's Day. So now they're like, you're right, hijacking is a good word. They've actually turned what was just about celebrating your mum or being a mum into now raising money for something. Now they've got Pinktober, they've got so many things throughout the year that's all around breast awareness. Just let Mother's Day, let mothers have Mother's Day. And not every mother out there is affected by breast cancer. And it's scary. I think it gets scarier. Even Tyler said to me, God, Mum, how many people have got breast cancer? Like, are we starting to breed fear? into everybody with all this awareness. I don't know. I, I kind of felt a bit... I didn't feel as, as wild as you, but a kind of oh, part of me went, oh, I would I never run. Wild. I was And every photo on Facebook, when I went through it, someone was wearing pink. And I went... I, 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 think, I think what happens is the marketing... Here we go again. The marketing is so good around it, everybody gets wound up in it, and they don't think for themselves. They don't think what this was all about. And, um, and you know... I, I hope and I think I would like to say that I think it's really important to market ethically mm. as well. If you are going to market, market ethically. Don't... Um, Cindy, can I interrupt you? Yes, go for it. Everybody that works within the Breast Cancer Foundation, perhaps, or people that are affected by it, maybe they're seeing yeah, this true. in a way that we're huh? not seeing it from a marketing perspective, but more of a community perspective of supporting one another and maybe maybe their whole view on it is actually noble and it's not i'm sure it is and that that's not where the problem is it's it's what's happening at the 
a top echelon. So right. they're like the ones that are driving right. it. It's not the it's not the the mums going for their walk. Mm. It's not the mums, um, you know, finding money to give to breast cancer. They're not it. But what's happening is that I feel like that there is some sneaky stuff happening where they where they're piggybacking off the top of or off the back of other. Um, community Absolutely. awareness programs like Mother's Day mm. um, to leverage their own yeah. marketing. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I just felt it was very unethical and I was really... Clever. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, oh, yeah. if we're going to say it, it's very clever. And if we have a look at a lot of marketing out there, it is very clever, but it doesn't mean it's the truth. So if you are listening to us, be truthful with your marketing. Don't be caught up in this craziness that's out there at the moment. Okay, well, let me where... ask you both this, though. 80% of marketing, I read somewhere, is is exaggerated or is not necessarily the truth or they have hooked into something else. I mean, if you look at marketing, it's about trying to get people to pay attention. And there's that other line around marketing that, that bad news is, or bad publicity is also good publicity. Yeah. So, I mean, are we the ones buying into that? Is it our fault? Is it, you know, let's look at that. Oh, gosh. Now we're going on a completely different topic, aren't we? Because mm. we're now asking... Um, everybody to start thinking about when they actually see some marketing or something has been um, combined with it or yeah like now we're completely off topic of not but I think the gist of what we're about us three is very um, authentic integral and not taking anything away from any other companies out there that I'm sure have the same intention but I think but but then Cindy sometimes if you are nice guys I mean, you finish second sometimes, you know, like, like look mm. at you, the way you've got publicity is through being controversial. Well, not in your eyes, but in the world's eyes you are. Well, just because I think I think differently and so I blurt something out thinking that everybody thinks that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then all the comments come and I go, oh, <laughs> they don't think like that. <laughs> and that's why I was... <laughs> I, I, it was <laughs> that was why all... All Mother's Day, I wanted to put it on social media just to hear what somebody else had to say. And then I kept thinking, nobody probably thinks that. But I so really what, what, felt really abused funny, by I it. I didn't actually think it like that, but I did remember thinking, why? My question, it wasn't that I got angry about it, but I don't know why. Why are they doing a cancer thing on Mother's, Mother's Day? Day? That was my question the other day when I saw the run coming up. What's their justification? What are they saying? Like, it's the marketing strategy for it. What are they saying? I was all around celebrating mothers, women getting together, community gets to get out there as a community and, and raise money for cancer while we're at it. And I'm probably going to be very controversial here, and you may want to delete this, but <laughs> I'm just so over. I'm sorry. But everybody has diseases. Everybody has problems. Everybody has things happen. And the only way you can cope with these diseases is to be brave, is to get through it, and the best way you can do it. And I just feel the media is just making a real thing about breast cancer and being brave. And I don't know, I, I, I'm probably not saying what I really want to say. If I really wanted to say it, you'd probably go, Cindy, stop that. <laughs> but I, I just Give I, it to us. It's yeah. our podcast. It's, it's our podcast. Edited. I just feel that, um, that the whole focus is on, on disease the whole focus is on people who have got a disease and they've got um, they've got to go through chemo and they and then they survive chemo and they're survivors and they're this and they're that and I go why isn't the focus on the people who are looking after themselves the best they can now I know ah, you know see, yeah, why is the point. focus on the ones that have got the disease and and gone through the chemo and you know there's no focus ever on look at this person here and like like I might you might be thinking I'm talking about myself but I'm not just talking about myself I'm talking about those people that are out there that are doing the best they can with the way they heal themselves and look I've just been to a funeral of a, a girlfriend that died at 50 who um, got pancreatic cancer and was very quiet about her cancer, never told people about her cancer until the very end when she was, you could tell she wasn't well. Uh, and and I, I just, I looked at her and I, and I thought, you looked after yourself. You were pedantic about everything that you did. 
you're, you did the right, I don't know what her diet was like, but she said she ate healthy. She exercised. She looked after who she was as a human being. And still she gets this, mm. this insidious cancer. It was, they don't know, it was a secondary on the pancreas, so they don't even know what the primary was. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think we focus too much on disease and we need to start focusing on, on people that are doing well in their lives as far as health goes, as, uh, you know. Well, as a completely, you... I'm with you, and as a completely different thing, but along the same lines, I was standing at the airport checking in my luggage. Next to me was this McMassive businessman, like McMassive, obese, morbidly obese. He was checking in. I got done $30 excess luggage. Now, I know this is going to sound really bad, but I stood there looking at him and looking at me, who was half, if not a, a third of his weight, and I looked at, and I even said to the lady behind the counter, you can tell I'm healthy, can't you? And she goes, sorry. And I went, do I look healthy? And she goes, yeah. And I went, do you think that man there looks healthy? And she goes, sorry? And I went, does that man there look healthy? <laughs> and she goes, no. And I went, yeah, you're charging me $30 for excess luggage? He's got... He's got excess luggage. He's the excess luggage, friend. And, and she looked at me and she goes, well, that's actually a really fair point, but I'm so sorry, I have to... It's now in the system. And I went, I was so upset. Oh, I bet. I like so when you study journalism, and this is the saddest part, but when you study journalism, you actually start to understand what drives journalism and what drives the media. And there's this whole study about how journalism actually came about and what the context of journalism is about and what sells and what gets people in and buying magazines and reading newspapers and watching shows is freaks, fats, fears. Um, there were another two or freaks, fats and fears. Yeah, there were another two <laughs> or three. Now, I don't, I don't ascribe to this because, and that's why I don't watch telly and all of that anymore. But there were two, there were two others that when, and I'll, and I'll look them up. I'll, I'll, I will, I will look them up. But that's what sells. That's what gets people in. So, when you look at the news, when you look at the news and you look at what's in the newspapers, if you have a look at everything that's in there, those popular high-end magazines and newspapers, it's all around those things. You look at anybody who has what society considers, and society is driven by our media. The people, when they're in their homes, they're like you, Cindy, or they're like me, or they think, why can't we just all get along? Mm. Why can't we all just be positive? Mm. Why do we have to have war? Why do we have to fight? Like, gee, it makes me sad to see people suffering. And we all feel that in our homes, yet we're quite voyeuristic when it comes to our media. So the media just tap into that. And the media just says, okay, well, if we've got anybody who looks like a freak or behaves like a freak or does anything that's considered to be freakish in society, we'll tap into that. If anybody is, like, morbidly obese or anybody's, you know, the, the big the big fats, and you always see that there are articles. And it's just... it's, And as a reader... Your heart breaks for the person. Mm. But it's compelling because you want to think to yourself, okay, well, what, what are they doing? How can I avoid that? How can I not do that? Um, fears. Man, you look at all the propaganda. There's always a, well, there's a war on drugs, a war on teenage pregnancy, a war on terrorism, a war on this and a war on that. It's all about propagating more and more fear. And it's just... It's just had journalism is, has been set up from the, the very beginning. Do you think that's what the cancer thing was doing then? Is it, well, it's all course. driven on fear. Of course. Yeah, because the, they, all, they, all you saw was t breast cancer survivors or, you know, all you seem to see, like uh, the whole vaccination debate at the moment is all about the whooping cough deaths. And see, and, the, and, and what the, about the kids that have died because of vaccination? They're not even putting that in the media. Like, it's almost like the media is one-sided at the moment. The media always is, because the media is always going to have that agenda mm. of the fracks, the fats, the fears, the freaks, and whatever else. And that I can't That's remember, brilliant. I can't get my head on it. Yeah. They're always going to have that agenda. So it's always going to be around that. Have a look at the way that the media generates um, information around when it's time to do elections. It's never about mm. what people, you know, and you particularly, well, I mean, I see it everywhere, but it's never, you never see um, John Howard did this that was awesome for Australia. It's always about, you know, um, Kevin Rudd ruined this or yeah. Barack Obama's wrecked that. I can't never, wait for some sex slander, yeah, it, something, this, this, some story personally. Oh, yes. And that falls so under when, the freak category. Mm, like, so when Clinton... And fear. That, 
Like, that's still going. <laughs> and that's going to go for the rest of their lives. <laughs> it's still going, and it was a one-nighter. But it's always Surely. driven that way, and unfortunately... The, our elections become driven by media based on the direction that the media decides to take it. Even though in our own homes... Well, hey, listen to this. Fear is the largest factor in every newsroom, including ours. And it goes this way. If we don't cover it, someone else is going to do it. When someone else does it, they're going to get the higher number. They're going to get a better rating and they're going to get more circulation. That's the reality. The public needs to understand. There is no joy in saying this, but it's true. The fear increasingly dictates and it's the fear that you won't survive. If you believe, as I do, that the first thing is to last, but you have to last for some reason, but you have to last for some reason, you have to have some purpose in lasting, it's very difficult. Yeah. And I think, I reckon... The world would be a better place if our journalism woke up to itself. All right, so what I'm going to put out right now to everybody who's listening, and if they are marketing, let's market mm. with ethics. Towards what we want, Toward not away what from want. what we don't want. Yeah. Such a powerful thing when you actually really think about what it is you want more of in your life. I was approached by someone just recently to join their business. Um, which actually was a skincare thing as well. So the minute I saw it was a skincare thing, I knew I, it's not my core business. Um, and it's a multi-level marketing business. And, it I mean, it's promising all this thing around the fears. Um, it's promising all this stuff around fears around ageing and wrinkles and yeah. all of this. And, um, and I looked at it, and then I looked at the ingredients. And then, bless her, she came back going, oh, but Kimmy, I really want to see you rich. And I thought, yeah, me too. But I don't want to make it rich on that. And that's not what I... And then I had someone else approach me the other day and my thoughts on it, because she's now joined this business. And what were my thoughts? Um, and I said to her, look, you have to actually have a look at what your truth is. And she said, well, my truth is making money. And I went, well, then you'll be okay in this. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I, I watched that last night. I watched the video last night and I it's very emotive and very, it's very good. Very. It's a really, really good sales video. You've got to watch it, Karen. It's just because I'm sucked in watching it. Like I was, I, but I wasn't sucked into what it was doing. I was sucked into them to what, the how messages. they were doing it. I wanted to see how they were doing it and I'm thinking, oh, this is good. But for the person who is not thinking about the ingredients, Kimmy, and looking at the ingredients of both of those those two, the nutritional part, and they're going to be sucked into the the, uh, the program, and they're going to buy it, and they're going to want to make money off it. And if money is what they want to do, and we all need money, don't get me wrong, we all need money, and we all have to make money. But why can't we do it ethically? Why can't we do it, um, you know, sustainably? Why why do we have to do it when it it's not like that? And why do we? I don't know. Because you know, I, I feel like I'm just at the moment just in a tangle with my thoughts and my mind. And you've raised such an important point because I think that up for a chat can be a catalyst for change. With the, with the number of people who download this podcast and the number of people who are, are following, it, it can, we can be a catalyst for change because we are so conditioned by our media. We are so conditioned the way that we see people market. And if we are going to look at others and follow the way that they do things and look at what works and what doesn't work, right now we live in a society where what works is fear, fats and freaks and all of that, you know. That's what we live in a society, but we don't know it. It's all happening behind the scenes. Yeah. It's all happening subliminally. So we go and look at our media and we look at our public relations and we look at how we can get a spot on on. on you know, on a radio interview or whatever. Television or, yeah. Yeah, or even a podcast. Yeah. And the first thing we think of is how can I be controversial because that's the only thing that's going to get the journalist's attention. You think about all the training out there around public relations and around writing press releases, it's about having a controversial title. Otherwise, the journalist has to do too much work, therefore they'll bin your press release mm. or they'll, you know, they, they won't pay any attention. What if, and I'm just going to throw this out there, but what if, you yeah, see, now I'm getting a bit creative, but what if we decide that if we're going to do business, we decide to boycott that whole way of building a message and don't actually buy into that because it's driven mm. by the very thing that we are against, mm. 
on a day-to-day basis. So let's just not even go there. Let's not say that the only way I'm going to build my business is through interviews on radio and on television and in magazines and in newspapers and all that. Let's not say that. Let's find alternative ways that are congruent with changing the way that the world operates because if we become part of it, we're perpetuating the same problem where we have a war on friggin' everything. But to get to the person who is questioning, you have to be in the mass media. Because that's what that's they're reading. They're that's where, that's they're, where still they're looking. You is, can, it, is it? Because yes, it is where they're looking because. Unless we provide another alternative re- for them. Remember, there are three levels um, of people out there that they know as far as health goes, and health being mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. Yeah. So there are three levels. There are the people who do everything in their power to keep themselves well. They go to conferences, they listen to what we're saying. They're out there and they know where to look for this. They know. Then there's the second group that is looking for um, health but don't know where to go mm. and they're open to suggestion. Yeah. And then there's the third group who couldn't care less and they'll continue to do what they're doing right now and they won't change in any way. Yeah. So they're the group that are, are in the mass media but so are the second group. Right. They're definitely there because they're looking but they don't know where to look. They don't know a Kim Morrison. They don't know how to find you. They don't know how to find me. They don't know how to find you, Karen. But how can we create something then that gives them a place to find us well, I think, outside of it? This I, is part of it, isn't it? Well, podcasting is part of it. The yeah, internet yeah. is definitely part of it. Your own... But how are they going to find you to come that's to that right. point? That's right. That's right. And you have to get into the mass media. And the way to get into it, though, is to get to um, or places where people are reading that, you know, you're looking at it and you're going, that's okay to put my information in there, but make sure that's my information. But I, I don't know. I'm challenging you on this. Okay. I think it's word mm-hmm. of mouth. I think the word of mouth is the most powerful, powerful yeah, medium we could ever is. use. It is. And busy mums don't have time to read the paper or watch television, yet they're still getting messages from people. Now, if the messages from people were powerful and positive or, oh, my gosh, I just went to the seminar where I learned how to speak for the weekend, you're not going to believe it's yeah. changed my life, or, oh, my God, I was just in Toowoomba and I heard there's a person posting on my Facebook page yesterday about coming to see... Um, Dr. Brett Hill with a paleo talk, who heard about it through someone else who had been to your talk in Toowoomba who knew me. (laughs) Now, you can't tell me that's powerful. And she's driving up here to the Sunshine Coast on Friday night. That, to me, is powerful. And I think think at that level, I think for our listeners... That kind of that kind of thing is just like it's it's absolutely gold. Yeah. But when you're talking about moving the hearts of minds of millions of people all at once, mm. then I think then it's a different ball game. But I think for our listeners, you may not be at the point where you're ready to move the hearts and minds of a million people. Maybe ten would be a really good start, or maybe a hundred would be a really good start, or thirty, or three hundred, or three thousand, or thirty thousand. Gandhi. Mother Teresa, they had no marketing. They had no Facebook pages. They had no medium. They just lived their truth. Good point, Kim. Mm. Bloody good point. So maybe they're people that we should be modelling rather than people who have a, a higher media profile. I think that's a bit of high five. I agree. Well done. Because I think, and I think that's... You're the shiz. That's what you are. You're the shizzle. That's what you are. Because I think then it, then it comes down to who do we model when it comes to getting traction with our message? Who are we modelling? Are we modelling traditional media because that's what everybody else is doing and it becomes louder and louder and louder in that room? Or do we model the Nelson Mandela's and the Gandhi's and the Martin Luther King's and, and model them instead mm. and say, well, I'll do it differently. That's exactly what I'm going to do today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to research step by step exactly what they did and how they did it. I just noticed... And then can we do a podcast on it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just noticing for me, personally with my business and my strategy, for a starter, I wouldn't know what to say in a press release, to be honest with you. I wouldn't, I'd have to really think about it because it's just not the way I think controversial like that. When I get heated around something, it's around my children. <laughs> and I can become quite lionish. Why yes. <laughs> but um but how I think is to me I'm just slowly but surely impregnating people in their homes. And and I'm not saying I'm great at it, and in fact my bank account balance is the lowest it's ever been right at this moment, only because of all the costs coming up at the moment that I'm up against trying to get the message out there. But I truly believe, I truly believe at the essence and the core of particularly us three and you two are two of my greatest role models in this. If we live our truth and let our truth be lived through us and our families, 
then that becomes the ripple effect that impregnates the souls and hearts. Because at the end of the day, when I see a heartwarming story, or I see someone that's just given it their all, I just that makes me want to do more, mm. more than what it does mm. to go out. See, I didn't even realize it was my subconscious was being hijacked around Mother's Day, but my subconscious was, I'm not going to walk that. Mm. I want to be with my babies, and I want to watch my girl dance, and I'm going to come home and have the night with my kids sitting in front of the TV because Danny's away. And, you know, to me it was, and, and I did a sparkle the other day, and, and all these women were just sitting there, and they came up to me. Now, I'm, I'm not saying this for any ego or anything at all, but a while ago, she was sitting in a thing and she told someone else that she got more out of hearing me speak for two hours than she did the Dalai Lama at um, Australia oh, wow. Zoo. And I just took that with the most unbelievable... First of all, I got the giggles because it was just such a <laughs> freaky compliment. But it was so beautiful to first be compared to someone like the Dalai Lama. But secondly, that she actually felt she could relate to me. And I pray as my business grows that I'm still relatable. And, you know, that's a really good point. Because the Dalai Lama doesn't relate to everybody. Mm. And you won't relate to everybody. And Karen won't relate to everybody. True. And I won't relate to everybody. So that you said in the beginning, Kim, about competition. That there is enough out there for everybody. Mm. Because who we relate to are going to be very different to another three girls that are doing a podcast on the other side of the world in an ultra-universe, you know. So... Number one is that there's enough out there for everyone. And number two, you're right, it's word of mouth and it's who relates to you. You know, you see people come and go off your Facebook pages. You see people come and go off your, you know, your databases and things like that. And you, I always go, well, what did I say that turned them away? But it could be, it's not what you said. It's just that they couldn't relate to your message. And so they need to find another person out there that can relate. They can relate to their message. So, and I agree, the Dalai Lama, I can't understand him. You know, I really can't understand him. I'd much rather listen to you for two hours, Kimmy, than listen to you guys because I can't understand him. And when he does talk, I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And and even though I know he's a great man and even though I knew Gandhi was a great man and Mother Teresa was an amazing woman and and Princess Diana and all these people who have um, gone into the hearts and, and, and minds and lives of people... Um, I, I, I'd still, I don't relate to them like I relate to somebody who, like you two, like uh, who, who, like I love all the the people I listen to on podcasts now, mm. like Sean Croxton, like mm. you know the wellness guys. I relate to them so much better, and so we've just got to find our niche of people. I don't think we understand the power of this podcast. The amount of people that I will share a podcast that I love just because I love it. Or I'll put a post up there, or I'll say to someone, you've got to go to Karen's speaking course. Or if I know when either of you put one thing on your page about 28, my sales go up that day. Mm. Just because I know that your people believe in your word mm. to help me. That's ethical money. That's mm. ethical business to me. That's that's someone believing in someone else's truth and following and being a part of that ripple effect. But you know what, the people that get up and run a Mother's Day Classics, because that's, but they're in that mindset of mm-hmm. curing cancer is through chemical cut, per, cut poison burn, you know, perhaps. So our way is to infiltrate and to touch those on the verge, those sitting in that, that category you're talking about, that they'll hear something, but they'll sometimes go hear it three, four, five, seven times, and probably from different people before they actually want to embrace that. Mm-hmm. So my key would be don't ever stop doing your truth and don't feel like we're competing against that. But I do believe the most important thing of all is that when you market your message to make money from it, I believe, and this is just my own truth, that it has to match. You have to live and breathe and walk and talk what you say. And I think that's that's a point that I think is really important to make is that we're not and, – and I know that I'm speaking for you guys as well with this – is that we're not actually saying that people who support breast cancer are being fooled. Exactly. That, that's not what this is about mm. because the people who are supporting breast cancer, are, you know, everybody's doing the best that they can and, and if that's your thing and if that's your passion and that's what's important – then you must go at it whole souls. I think the point that, well, I don't think, the the only point that we've made here is that the people who are at the top um, may not necessarily have the same agenda as the people who are actually on the ground doing the work and participating in the walks and, you know, doing all that stuff because their marketing message 
is built around fear or it's, you know, it's, it's, it's around, it, it, it's, they're doing whatever they can to try and drive more revenue. And you know what? On the other side of the coin, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we have to, why wouldn't we want to have more money invested in breast cancer considering the lives that it's taking? But I also think that it's really important, as you're saying, Cindy, is that what we're focusing on is the fear and what we're focusing on is what we don't have. We're focusing on what we're losing. We're focusing on the trauma and the tragedy. Why not put as much energy or equal energy and funding into how do we sustain a healthy lifestyle and let's put a lot of our marketing into that so that then we don't have to put so much into the cancer side of things. Mm. Possibly that's an option too. Mm. And maybe from a noble point of view, the fact that a mother breastfeeds their child. Yeah, that's what I'm It is thinking. the ultimate, fundamental, number one sustainability for life when a child is born. Mm. They saw that as an opportunity to link the two. See, I, I'd never even thought of that. Mm. Never. It, I just was, I guess I was just upset that they had hijacked Mother's Day. Mm. But you're right. It, and it is. It's a, a nice link because that's... That's exactly what a mother does. She nurtures her babies and she nurtures them through breastfeeding. That's the first thing. That's how she, they grow. They grow, you know, number one um, within their body, but number two by the, the fluids that they, and I'm sorry I'm grossing you out here, Karen, but, oh, you know, the fluids really? that they produce in order for that baby to grow in that first 12 months of life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, but your point, your point, mm-hmm. I think, so valid. Mm. And so perfectly timed and so relevant to what we're talking about because we've all grown our own businesses and we've all grown our businesses without sacrificing and prostituting ourselves. And I think that's the key message for everybody who wants to be able to get themselves a following or build a profile or start to help people. And that's what it's about. Mm. You become famous or you build a profile because you're helping people, not because of necessarily an ego or because you want to be rich and famous, although that is what drives some people. But I, I think the people who listen to this podcast, their intention is to make the world a better place because of what they know. And if more people know what they know, the world would be a better place. Hmm. So I think that what today's conversation has been about is about how to do that in an ethical way so you don't sacrifice yourself and you don't trade that that desire to make the world a better place purely because somebody has a carrot of a dollar sign hmm. in front of you you think yeah just the hardest thing i think when people are out there absolutely slogging it and giving it their all and still not getting a chance then maybe that's also a message to say maybe look at something else you know and on that i had a conference that i did a couple of months ago where they said the lady said to me she said is it ever like you know how do you know when to give up on something and my answer to that is there's only ever two problems when things are not working. You've either got the right product for the wrong market or you've got the right market with the wrong, wrong product. product. Ah. So for me, if I was – so my market is women and um, it's mindset and, 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 and speaking or female entrepreneurs, so it's mindset and speaking – but the mindset and speaking product that I've got is not right. I mean, it's the right product, but the wrong market would be for me to take that to eight-year-old boys. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or 70-year-old men. Mm. It, it, wrong market. It's the right mm. product, wrong market. Mm. Or right market, wrong product. So if I was to try to market a product to, to, to pregnant women, it's probably the wrong market for me because I've never been pregnant and I have no idea what goes on inside of a pregnancy. I, of course, I could research it, but I could never relate to it like you girls could. But the other thing is, is that pregnant women are not into being entrepreneurial at this. At point. that point, they are so into their nesting. So definitely the wrong market. Yes. Yeah, no so matter, even if you had been pregnant and had babies, I still think it's probably, the wrong market. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it's either only ever right yeah. product, wrong market, yeah. or right market, wrong, wrong product. product. But if you build it, they will come. Mm. They will come. You just have to make sure that you've got that little recipe right. Right product, yeah. right market. Right market. And you see and what you people sell. <laughs> like, I yeah. go, who would buy yeah, that? Yeah, and there's a, but, there's a market yeah, for it. There is. And you, you started us off on the podcast with that very thing. It's about your niche. Mm. It's and, about really maybe one niche. thing, just to finish up, that I could offer it. One thing I was told to do is to actually give my product a human name, an age, who she is so 28, her name is actually Charlie Rose. Oh, okay, so you created she's, what's called an avatar. She's 31 years of age. Ah. She drives a VW Golf. 
She loves her health and fitness. She's very much loves food and cooking, but she loves to play and she loves being out there and touching the lives of others and making people happy. Yeah. So when I look at and I thought twenty eight was me. Because I created it. But in fact, who she appeals to and what Mm. she's about is the essence of 31-year-old Charlie Rose. Mm. Yeah, I think there's there's lots of stuff that you can do. If you Google marketing avatar, um, you learn about how to create that Mm. profile of the person that you want to work with. Mm. Yeah. So I think this has been, you know, it's been a little controversial. It's been quite thought-provoking. I certainly haven't had an aha moment. And I know the rest of us have. So go ahead and post your comments on our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. And also right here on allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And just let us know what you think. Let us know what you've done in the past. If you do have a message, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you, because this is our three ideas. What ideas do you have that could then make a difference to other people listening to this podcast? So don't hold back. Share what's worked, share what hasn't, and um, maybe we can create a bit of a library. And perhaps it would be really cool for us also to create a platform for people to start using as a resource center instead of us actually having to model other people in the journalism environment mm. who are, again, and they're not at fault. They're just doing the best that they know how to do and they've learned. So let's let's create something different. So join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that is changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Hi, Lawrence Tamri from The Wellness Guy Show and the Inside the Champion's Mind. The Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in 2014 for not only one, but two days of powerhouse wellness with your favorite wellness couch host and Australian's wellness elite. Join us at Crown Melbourne on Saturday, August 16th and Sunday, August 17th for inspirational, educational, fun, exciting, sensational cocktail of wellness that promises to help you take your life to the next level. Regular tickets are $2.97, but for strictly limited time, we have 150 seats available for just 247 hurry up because the first 150 tickets when we went on sale sold out in 48 hours so be quick join us at the two-day live event that will change your life forever tickets now are on sale at thewellnesssummit.com this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.